Welcome everybody to Hit Rewind. This episode we're discussing the comic book events of 1992. I'm your host Michael John's on the other side as my co-host. I am co-host. <laughs> yes, robotic man. <laughs> um, so what we do is we split up. He does the Marvel events. I do the DC and uh, independent comics events. I think you went first last. No, wait. There was no first. You're, you're just the lead on that one. The video games. Uh, imaginary coin in the air, and I'll go first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you always make you go first. Um, so I'm, I'm shocked, actually, that this is kind of a slim, slim pickings this year because usually we have a long list. Um, well, obviously, let's talk about the big one. Superman dies, sort of. <laughs> well, uh, at this, it was the thing where it's like, yeah, he croaked, and they really, uh, let's be honest, death is a revolving door in comics, but at this point, there were a few characters that they were dead, and they were dead. Yeah, and this is the first major, I think, DC death since Crisis, which was in 85, 86? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so this was a big shake-up. The only problem I have with this is that it seemed like every year after this, they had to come up with some big event to kill off a major superhero. And, you know, just wiping out the old school pretty fast. I mean, we'd already watched, we already lost um, Barry Allen. That was like the big significant one. Everybody else was kind of well, Supergirl, maybe, but they seem like they replaced Supergirl like every other year. Um, we lose Superman, and then of course it leads to like you know Batman, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. All I think there's a period where a lot of the JSA got wiped out and replaced with new ones. Um, I think it was Zero Hour. But I remember this just being this insane event, and you remember the black bag Supermans, right? Oh yeah. Black bags, the armband. Yeah, the uh, my uncle he bought. I think if I remember correctly, he bought seventy five of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's still sitting on quite a few. Uh, yeah, spectator market. Yeah, uh, the early nineties. He was young though. He thought he didn't understand how spectator markets work, and I think a lot of people didn't. If there was a lot of them, it's not going to be worth much. You have to get the oddball, the weird stuff, and. Like my old school, like Transformers and GI Joes, when they had lower print run, those were worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's like I think I I actually have a, a copy of the first appearance of Miles Morales kicking around in one of my boxes, which unless at I the time that, wasn't expected to be that big. Yeah, it's unless I gave that comic book away to someone else, yeah. which then they might have the first appearance of Miles Morales. I uh. So this is the first time, I think, where they spread a story over all the titles. I don't recall that being a thing before. Uh, most, well, no, well, huh. Where no, it was continuous, it, it, because Spider-Man had the, uh, that Captain Universe storyline a couple years earlier, when it was, uh, damn, why can't I think of it? Where all the villains, they, they switched places. Acts of Vengeance, that's it. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. But that wasn't like a storyline storyline where you had to go to each individual series. It just had to be the Captain Universe was, you know, he had those powers for every single title. This is the one you literally had to go to Adventures of Superman, uh, Superman Man of Steel, Superman, and Action Comics. And then it would also be in, I think, Justice League. I, ha I still have the Justice League. That's my favorite part of it because I love that team, if you remember them at all. Yeah, that was the... Uh... Booster Gold and uh, 
Blue Beetle, yeah, and and Fire they, and Ice. Uh, I think by then they were gone, but they had... Yeah, no, wait, Fire and Ice wasn't it, but I remember they had this character called Bloodwind. And it was actually Martian Manhunter. He was like undercover, or he had amnesia, and he became a different character or something like that. And then I think Suprema, Maxima, Maxima, who Maxima. was uh, Superman was the only worthy uh, lover that she could possibly find in the whole galaxy. <laughs> yeah, so she was sticking around to be a good character so that she could bang Superman. Yeah, but that had long-term ramifications. On top of that is you know Booster and Blue got the snot beat out of them. And, and Booster briefly got armor, and Booster or Blue was in a, a coma for a while. Yeah, it's like it. Well, and again, this is well, no, I should know that. That's the stories that follow. Never mind. I was about to say, yeah, that, and then that led to other things. But well, no, yeah, it led to the four, the big four replacement Superman, uh, sort of Superman. Um, but yeah, this was just one of these big bad. It seemed like they only created Doomsday so, you know, they could kill him. That's the same thing. It seemed like they just created Bane so he could destroy Batman. Bane stuck around. Doomsday came back a few times, but each time was weaker and weaker, and just now it just seems kind of embarrassing. Yeah, there there was nothing really good about Doomsday. Even even when they did unveil the, uh, the idea behind it, where it's effectively he's some Kryptonian uh, uh, science project. Yeah. yeah, he's basically killed he's like thrown on this uh, harsh harsh environment killed off born uh recycled into another version of it like cloned and then uh this thing starts getting all these bones you know bone spikes and shit which if you look at the design at the very beginning doesn't look like anything would have doesn't show anything for this character all of a sudden it's just Oh yeah, no, it's a weird dude with bone armor and shit. Yeah. Well, I remember he was all wrapped up with his arm behind his back, and he had the goggles over, and the the costume that was over his skin, and then slowly yeah, that, as it yeah tore apart. But it was just it was fairly it was fairly I don't want to say form fitted, but considering how bony this guy is, it wouldn't be that smooth. I don't think. No. So it's basically I don't think they had a a clear idea of what doomsday was going to look like until they uh until they actually got to the storyline and was like oh shit we need to figure out what this monster's gonna be yeah it's it's the first time that i had seen comic books like not comic book adaptations like the way it was batman 89 comic books mentioned in the major news yeah this this was an event i will i will give superman 75 uh one one major thing though it is all splash pages and it's done effectively like it's Jimmy Olsen taking those pictures. Yeah, that was really cool. I think that's that that was a very clever way of doing that uh, that final issue. Yeah, and it led to Funeral for a Friend, and then Reign of the Superman, and then Return to Superman. Yeah, and that's that is really about this is about the time I started collecting comics. So I was big on the Reign of the Superman. Oh, okay. This is when I started getting out of comics. <laughs> I started. I started getting all those issues. I have them. I, if I was a smart, you know, forward-thinking person, I wouldn't have uh, ripped out the posters in those comics oh. and all that stuff. But, but I was a child. I was eleven years old or twelve years old, maybe at that point, and I wanted those damn posters because they were cool. Yeah, for three years, I just stopped buying comics. My uncle basically had all the comics that I was interested in, so I would just go to his house and read them for free, but I still, I kept getting slower and slower, and started moving over to, like, Image, um, 
and, and might as well talk about that because that's what took over uh, comic books for so long uh, was oh this is this whole new thing the first time like an independent company had overshadowed the major companies and I mean I was reading a lot of them the, really the only one that stuck for me was Savage Dragon which I, I still read to this day yeah I, like Spawn there was Wildcats like Spawn of course really was the biggest one out of yeah, all those because yeah. it got a major motion major uh major league motion picture that uh does not hold up in any way nope <laughs> people tell me it's a go- good movie i'm like did we watch a different movie <laughs> or it didn't hold up when it came out yeah oh no i remember seeing in theaters going oh they didn't even fucking finish this thing like the special effects of malboja come on don't tell me you're done that's the same special effects you looped over to Mortal Kombat Annihilation without even the same voice. Yeah, <laughs> um, just... It's the voice that does Gadget, I think. I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, so we had immediate, like, uh, cartoons with Savage Dragon and Wildcats, I remember, on USA. And nothing else really took off. The toy line is what really carried McFarlane through the years. Um, even past the point where his comic book was never said. I don't think that Spawn movie's ever coming. I remember Jamie Foxx and... Uh, um, hmm. Who played Hawkeye again? Damn it. Jeremy Renner oh, were signed Jeremy, up. Yeah. And we're signed up and it was going to be, oh, it's going to be a $20 million Bloom House. No, it's never coming. Shut up. Uh, but there was also, see, uh, everybody that left Marvel was Will Spertatio. He had left X Factor to create Wetworks. Which, I remember, wasn't that the one that was the most delayed? Like, it just took forever between issues and really pissed people off? I believe so, yeah. And it was just like a darker uh, Wildcats, if I remember correctly. There was... It, yeah, it, it's hard to remember all the all these ones. I, I remember the artworks for a lot of them, and I remember them also in some of them. And it might, might be this one they're talking about, that uh, basically... All they were were just reskinned versions of X Force. Yeah, I mean, and people say you know all these characters were like this. You know, Spawn would look like Batman with Spider Man, um, Hawk uh, was you know slap a fin on his head and Savage Dragon. But it's a lot about how what they put into the effort of the characters. Uh, that's why people still know what Wildcats is. Uh, you know, I think my favorite is probably Grifter, uh, and I think he's the one that's probably taken the biggest hold over in the DC universe. Am I wrong? Yeah, he actually, he ended up in, give, was it, when the New 52 happened, was given his own series. Yeah, so. he's just the most popular character. The rest of them are kind of generic. Uh, uh, what's the one that um, Rob Liefeld did? Youngblood, right? Yeah. That was bullshit. I mean, it, fucking, his terrible, at the time, it was so dynamic, but as you get older, you're like, Oz is terrible. And then you realize he also cannot write. But he was the one who really broke out big. You know, he had the commercials and he had all the spinoffs. He's the first one that got removed from the company, right? I think so. But that I, big part of it is, let, let's all be honest, Lightfield can't draw and he can't write, but he can market the hell out of himself. Yeah, so. that is a big part. Plus, he was like the young, cute one of the bunch. You know, Eric Larson isn't going to be the one that gets out in front because he's just like, oh, that's like an old dude, even though he's 30. Um Jim Valentino had left, I want to say, Guardians of the Galaxy to do Shadowhawk, which isn't that bad, really. But uh, he was also more sporadic with his work because he became uh, CFO. What do you call that? Uh, the publisher, whatever you want. The guy who's in charge of what goes into Image. Uh, for a long time, it was Valentino. Then it was Eric Larson. I think it's now... Um, who does The Walking Dead again? Oh, ah, what can I think it was Kirkman. Kirkman, I think, is the publisher now. 
Um, and then we had Sylvestri, who had left X-Men to do Cyberforce, which again, in my head, it's all the same. If you mushed half of these characters together, I could not tell you who was on the fucking teams. Yeah, well, I think that's also one of the things was they really seemed to want to uh, create a huge shared universe right off the bat. They basically kind of did the uh, DCEU thing, and instead of sort of building two crossing over, I think pretty early on, other characters just started showing up in everyone else's books, and it just became a huge clusterfuck of, uh, of similar-looking characters in everybody's Let's be honest, in some cases, similar-looking similar books. Yeah, and reprints on these are really hard because of those cross-appearances. But now DC owns Wildstorm. Uh, no one gives a fuck about Rob Liefeld's stuff. I think he took Supreme with him. Um, over, to, I think it's called Maximum Press is the company. You know, and everybody else just kind of faded away. I think, what's the one that ended up, uh, Sylvester ended up doing Darkness and Witchblade. What was it? Was that Top Cow? That was Top Cow, yeah. Is that still an image? I'm not sure. I haven't seen. I Honestly, I don't think Top Cow is a thing anymore. Yeah, because I remember that was so huge for a while, especially because of Fathom. Um, but a lot of these comics were plagued by inconsistencies. You know, just scheduling and stuff like that. Remember Cliffhanger? No, not at all. Cliffhanger was a spinoff. Of, it was under. It was a banner under Image, where it was Joe Madureira had left X Men to do Battle Chasers. Um, her, her, I can't say this. Humberto Ramos had left Impulse to do Crimson, which was the only one that was ever on time. And J. Scott Campbell, I think, left X Men as well to go do Danger Girl, and. Danger Girl and Battle Chasers were just a quick bird out, like only like 10 issues and they took for fucking ever. And uh, only Crimson, which was always planned to be 24 issues, it finished its story and then moved on. And that's what really just damaged Image for a long time was quality control and also uh, timeliness. And, and it would just piss me off because I'd have to wait sometimes a year between issues. Uh, I think that's why Kevin Smith has to have the whole thing done now because the 90s, early 2000s were plagued with this. Yeah, well, it also, I think part of, his, part of Smith's problem was just because uh, he still has that third part of his Batman series to finish. Well, I don't think Batman. he finished Batman or Daredevil of the Target either, which is only supposed to be two fucking issues and he couldn't even finish the second one. Yeah. That, yeah, I forgot that existed. Yeah, I, hopefully he he forgot too. He was like, oh, don't. But, uh, and the thing was is that I think when about 97, 98, when I, all the original guys started to defect, was they started taking fees uh, to just distribute your comic instead of doing quality control of that too. They were just like, well, how much can you pay? Okay, well, we'll either take a percentage of the, the printing or you pay us a flat fee. And that really just some real shit came out for a while there from that company yeah although now it it's definitely a strong it's one of the stronger labels yeah because once eric larson took over is that he said we have to focus on you know fewer titles and just make sure that it, you know it, we're really working with the creators to stay on time and in original stories they moved away from the superhero stuff which i think really helped yeah it's it is, I think, now one of the better presses for just the most interesting creator-owned, you know, licenses. Yeah. What do you think? Is you think Saga is their biggest title? 
Sonic is definitely their biggest title yeah. and most uh, not just commercial but uh, critically loved yeah because Walking I, Dead's been over for a little while and that was kind of petering out anyway I wonder what Kirkman's even writing because Invincible I think is over as well and yeah. Yeah. So just well, like well, the... there's there are some other Walking Dead stuff. He's still oh, he still he's not okay. done. Yeah, he's not done with Walking Dead. He's just finished the the main story. I like the one that he did the last a couple years called the Astounding Wolfman. It only lasted like two or three years, but it was really good. Well, they had a really good fantasy one called uh, Rat Queens. That, oh yeah, uh, I read that one. Yeah, did they do Lumberjanes? Uh, Lumberjanes? No. Yeah. I believe Lumberjanes is boom, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, and that's the thing is though, Image was so big that it allowed other companies to come in and try. Most of them did fail, honestly, but I'm surprised when I still see certain companies. Boom's still going strong, you know? I, I did not expect that. Um, and uh, IDW and stuff like that. It, all those doors were opened by Dark Horse and Image. Yeah, Dark Horse was doing now. more of the spinoffs, the adaptations of movies and stuff like that. Whereas Image was doing more of the superhero stuff. And then we had the oddballs. We had like Valiant, um, which had launched, I think, the year before, two years prior, and that was starting to really rev up. Um, but Jim Shooter was removed from Valiant, I believe, when they got bought up. And then he created a company called Defiant, <laughs> which really didn't do shit. The only thing I ever remember from that was Warriors of Plasm. Do you remember this title? I don't know the title. I yeah. do remember the name Defiant. I do remember yeah. that. He really thought it was going to be his revenge for being removed from Valiant Comics, and it, nothing, just nothing fucking happened with it. And uh, that's that's his burnout. Like I think it lasted maybe two years, 92, 93, and that was it. Oh, Lord. I wonder if Ultraverse came out. That had to have been really close to this. Do you remember that? Malibu yeah. Ultraverse? Yeah, that has to be about the same time because that was with Static and uh, oh god, Icon. Yeah, Shit. well, Marvel owns those now, and I wonder why they haven't done anything with it. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was DC that at least no. Static. They uh, it says right here Wikipedia they currently own Marvel Comics. They had bought it. It was ninety three to ninety seven, so we get to talk about it next year. So I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll be patient. Okay. Um, okay. Also, in over at Dark Horse, we have RoboCop versus Terminator. <laughs> I still yeah. want to see this on the big screen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's it's a crossover that, just as crazy dumb as it sounds, actually works. Yeah, this is when Dark Horse really started doing the licensing spinoffs. I feel like 92 was like the big year, because I think we also had Magnus Robot Fighter versus Predator, and then we had... Superman versus aliens, and then Batman versus aliens, or whatever. And then they all started crossing. I think there was aliens versus Terminator versus Predator versus Robocop or something. Yeah, they're, they're basically Dark Horse ran ran the gamut of name it, and we're going to have it fight the alien and or the predator. Yeah. Well, also, did they have even more than that over at DC? They had Judge Dredd versus Batman. A couple of those, and so that was yeah. only had like crazy spinoffs, which would eventually lead to the Amalgam. Yeah, baby, that's terrible. I know I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember if Amalgam sucks. I just remember being kind of like, oh, comics are dying. This is desperate. <laughs> Amal uh, actually, Amalgam had a couple of decent titles. Was it okay? Um, yeah, Frank Miller wrote this one. Did he also draw it? I can't remember. No, no, it's uh, Walt Simonson. 
Oh, oh, well, I love Walt Simonson. He does a fantastic run of Fantastic Four. I didn't mean to Fantastic twice. Sorry, Perry. Uh, also, we have Next Men debuting. John Byrne has left Marvel and gone over to Dark Horse to do a big event that he himself didn't even bother to give a fuck about. He abandoned it. It's kind of like his thing, it seems. Like he would bring up these big storylines over the Marvel Universe and just kind of abandon them uh, when they lost his interest, like Alpha Flight and stuff like that. Um, but next man is like his biggest like well fuck that shit screw you fans <laughs> yeah it's like he left he was the, he was the only good writer on on she on uh, she hulk and abandoned all that yeah uh eric larson has a joke about him for like 30 issues where they're called the next men and it's all the characters that john Byrne just uh, uh abandoned and uh, they call him johnny redbeard <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, I also forgot to mention that over in DC, uh, Starman ended. The only reason I bring this up is forever and ever, I thought it was an adaptation of the movie. And then one day I caught an issue. I was like, this is nothing like the movie. What is this? And then, like, the, they kill him off. There's another Starman. Kill him off. Another Starman. There's so many different Starmans in the fucking DC universe. It's ridiculous. And none of them seem to be connected. Yeah, just... Why not? You know, we have the name. We might as well use it. Yeah, the only Starman that I really liked was that mid '90s, the one that went over to JSA. You know, I can't remember uh, what his character's name was, but he's the one with like that cosmic wand, cosmic yeah, rod, but... or whatever. And he was like a bookstore antique dealer. That was a really good one. Um, well, I'll, also... throw, I'll throw one thing for DC, uh, which was the. Uh, Renee Montoya debuted. Oh, you know what? You even told me that last time right after we got done recording. I thought I wrote that down. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, Renee Montoya, yeah. major character. Yeah, she was basically just created for the Batman animated series, but then they decided, oh, you know what? Let's actually just throw her into a uh, issue of Batman. So she's uh, debuted in Batman 475, and basically was just kind of this other cop character, just, you know, another name to uh, fill out jim gordon's uh you know line of police people and then she ended up just people kind of started getting interested in her and she became one of the leads for uh gotham central and then what i think was really one of the best moves is that uh, she became the question yeah that was i was i was trying to remember i'm sure she became the question but i kept sitting there going am i wrong do you get to um isn't that funny? Because didn't her partner become, uh, uh, what's the ghost? The, the specter. I could have swore her, her, her partner became the specter. I don't think so. Crispus? Whatever. Um, so, uh, the last two things I'll mention over in the independent world. This isn't really comic book so much related, but they're in that vicinity. Uh, William Gaines, the creator of, well, no, I guess it is comics because he created uh, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, yep. EC Comics and, and Mad Magazine, of course, during the 50s, the whole craze, whatever, shut that down. And then he got, you know, basically known for Mad Magazine for so long, but he passed away. And, and without him, um, horror comics, I really don't think would have been as memorable. I think they would have died off because DC and Marvel kind of, they, they went different routes. You know, DC kind of with the mystery stuff. And Marvel went with the superhero like version of the horror world, whereas EC Comics was some dark, twisted shit. <laughs> yeah, there were like little morality plays that uh, you know usually ended with something really bad happening to our main character because our main character is usually a piece of crap. Yeah, 
<laughs> and of course the TV series and the movies from all that and of course let's not forget the glory of Mad Magazine don't visit any Mad Magazines from the early 70s by the way because every other joke is about women's lib <laughs> does not age well um, and we also lost Peo now if you don't know Peo he is the creator of Smurfs I love the Smurfs yes are they comic books yeah Aren't they, basically? Yeah, yeah, they were. Or were they comic books or were they a storybook? I don't know, but they're... I'm just going to let it go. Because they, technically they got reprinted. The first time I ever read them was they were reprinted in uh, DC Comics around 83 or 84 where they took the old books, whatever, and they put them in the comic book format and then they did new adaptations from that. But I got to tell you, the, the books that he created were some of the smartest kids' books I've ever read. They're so well-drawn. They're so funny. And they're also very ahead of their time with politics and, and stuff like that and really biting satire. And it got all washed away by Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> Damn it. Just turned it into a uh, Saturday morning cartoon to hopefully uh, sell some uh, Smurf toys. Yeah, I mean, they did do adaptations of some of the stories, but they took out all the wit. Well, because American children are dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Well, I would do a dumb kid. I, well, we're dumb because we paid five bucks a piece in 1982 for those little PVC things that probably cost a quarter. You remember the little PVC toys? I think they still make them. Oh, I yeah. have a couple. Yeah, I love those fucking things. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I probably had one or two. Yeah. All right, your turn. Marvel. Well, Marvel Comics. Basically, really, they had a pretty big space focus. Well, and a horror focus, but... Uh, 92, like, uh, for instance, Warlock and the Infinity Watch debuted, which was basically the series that uh, kind of picks up where Infinity Gauntlet late, uh, leaves off, where now Adam Warlock is in possession of the of the Gauntlet and all the Infinity Gems, and he ends up deciding to pass the five uh, five of the stones off to uh, let's see, the fucked up mentally uh, Drax the Destroyer, who ends up eating. Uh, yeah. Of course he does. <laughs> he, he got messed up, so he now is kind of like this childish mentality. It basically ends up eating his stone like it's a jelly bean. Oh, dear lord. Uh, they give it to Gamora, one to Gamora, uh, one to Moondragon, and uh, yeah. the troll. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the soul, the soul one stays with Warlock. And they keep the identity of the one with the six, the secret, but guess what it's Thanos it doesn't say a secret that long but why what because he was given the reality stone and under the idea that basically after fucking up so badly with the affinity gauntlet and all that stuff he'd be the only person who wouldn't abuse the uh, changing reality okay I wouldn't trust that fucker with anything <laughs> no well, but then this also this series kind of gets sidetracked uh, because Shortly thereafter, the Infinity War event happens. Yeah, well, we had Infinity, Infinity. I can't talk. Infinity Crusade somewhere in there, right? That that's the next one. Okay. But basically, what happens is Warlock, in his infinite wisdom, decides to in around the same time that he's handing out uh, stones like uh, jelly beans, uh, he decides to split himself from his good and evil selves so that he can be logical and all that stuff. So, of course, this, this leads to the recreation of his nemesis, the evil Magus, and uh, his good side, the goddess. And so, Magus, being the bad guy that he is, 
creates clones of Marvel's uh, superheroes and tries to take over the fucking universe. Oh, I remember this! Holy shit, the dark versions. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and chaos happens, and it's a it's a way too overly complex story for what they're trying to tell. And it, it involves all the like major super galactic beings, like the Living Tribunal and Eternity and Infinity and all those characters. And basically they defeat our heroes get together they defeat mages but it's all for nothing because all the stuff that he did just goes into the hands of the goddess and then we get infinity crusade great just to keep the story going people yeah it's like they very obviously i know they wanted to do this trilogy this big big epic trilogy and it peaked at the first part because Infinity War is not good, and, Infi uh, and Infinity Crusade just goes on for way too damn long. But we'll 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 go and uh, I'll bitch about that one next year. Okay. Uh, now, also Cosmic uh, Marvel kept going because Operation Galactic Storm happened. You know, I thought I was gonna like that. I was bored. Really bored. It's a it's a nineteen part crossover. Of course you got bored because their story ran out of juice <laughs> very quickly on. It's basically kind of a sequel to the Kree Skull War from the 70s and in which the Avengers get themselves involved between a war between the Kree and the Shi'ar. Which is also kind of funny the X-Men weren't involved in this because Professor X had been stripping the, Sh the Shi'ar Queen for years. <laughs> but, um, let's... Well, they, they're, they're busy with their own stuff. But uh, basically, the, the, this war is starting to encroach on our solar system. They're going like, to blow up our sun. So they go and send off our heroes to uh, both homewards to try to stop it. But because it's 19 issues, things obviously don't go well, and they have to stop a thing called a negabomb. And it, it's dumb. Uh, effectively, the, the biggest things that kind of come from it is that our heroes eventually do win, but it basically kind of breaks things up between uh, Captain America and Iron Man, because they want to kill the Cree uh, Supreme Intelligence for basically committing genocide on itself. Huh. And they and they disagree on whether they should do that or not. And it's... It's a storyline. I mostly know it because they had a two-part what-if story that uh, boiled down the entire the entire thing into like a couple of pages and it made sense at that time and it ended up being a much better uh, story where oh yeah what if they actually lost uh but what did you know about the marvel 2099 line um i only ever read x-men i think because ron Lim uh drew it and uh that got my interest because he's one of my favorite artists at the time and I remember it sucking donkey balls and never reading another issue. I might have re-read, um, God, I'm, okay, so does 2099 lead into next, or is that separate? Avengers next? That's, that that's is... Spider that's, that's A2, that's A2. No. Yeah, that's A2, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I only read that. I might have read a couple of Spider-Man 2099, but I know there was, like, Doom, um, uh, Punisher, maybe? Yeah, your, the original lineup of these were Spider-Man, Doom, Punisher, and Ravage. Ravage, fuck, that's going back. I forgot about that. Yeah, well, considering that of the of the four, Ravage was the original character of it, and 
was written by Stan Lee for the first few issues, and it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, he's a mutant, but he's... Because he's got, like, bioblasts and stuff, but then he also becomes a beast guy at some point, and it's just kind of... I don't think anyone ever had a clear idea of what they were going to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds kind of schizo. Uh, you had Doom 2099, which was basically a future past, well, past future version of Doom. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it. He's, he's Doom. Man, you're pulling Victor some Kang shit on me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, he's Victor Von Doom from some point in our future but the past of 2099 okay. gets gets brought gets brought to the future and basically tries, you know, has to go and reclaim Latveria and then takes over the United States and becomes president of the U.S. Because of course he does. Uh, Punisher. Jesus Christ, the Punisher 2099. Oh, boy. Uh, he's a cop named Jack Gallows. And it's in a series that even considering how over-the-top and stupid the original Punisher series could be, uh-huh. this one managed to be so fucking dumb. I genuinely wonder if Pat Mills, uh, which is one of the guys who was actually behind the creation of Judge Dredd, and uh, Tony Skinner, if they actually hated the assignment and they're trying to do a parody of the comic, <laughs> and no one actually ever told them no. Because uh, there's like a line where... they're. He's like he's being interviewed by like a a uh, I, I wish I had the page up so I could actually do this right, but it's like you know it's like what's your age? Forty four caliber. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, that's he's ridiculous. Like, yeah, he's got he's being asked these questions and he's saying basically just violent terms as his responses, and it's just you're kind of staring at us going, someone got paid to write this. That's so fucking stupid. I mean, yeah, someone got paid to write the X-Men character Ice Cream, who is a guy who can uh, transform into flavors of ice cream. No, no. Yes, no. that is a... Someone got paid to write that. Wow. And yet that is not as stupid as Jack Gallows. <laughs> now, the the only one of these books that actually had legs and was any good, which seems to be a weird re- reoccurring thing uh, whenever Marvel starts up a new universe is Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man always always seems to be the one that people like. And, you know, it's basically this guy, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who, after a lab accident, uh, ends up getting his genetic code rewritten to be 50% spider DNA, which doesn't make any sense. No, because that's disgusting. Yeah, he's looking like a freak. Yeah, you know, he gets uh, organic web shooters, he gets fangs and talons, and he gets a really rad fucking suit. And, you know, uh, he's going to be voiced by Oscar Isaacs in the next uh, Spider-Man animated film. So, he's still around. Okay. But, uh, basically, you know, later on, you, you mentioned there was X-Men, there was a Hulk book, there was a Ghost Rider one, where Ghost Rider was a fucking robot. <laughs> Like, seriously, they. It was an interesting idea, but they never really. I don't think anyone really gelled together and created 
the the best concept of well, what they... Well, they do this almost every time. I mean, the fucking new universe was a disaster, and the only thing I think they ever got right with the spinoffs was um, Ultimate. Yeah, but I think at that point, they kind of just finally got around to the idea that, hey, maybe we should have some sort of conceptual unity in our universe. Yeah. But uh, next up is the Rise of the Midnight Suns which was a crossover slash introduction for their uh, horror line, The Midnight Suns. Uh, basically, this was uh, Ghost Rider, uh, a book called The Spirits of Vengeance, which was kind of a Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze team-up. Yeah, when Johnny Blaze had long hair, the glasses, and a shotgun that uh, eventually shot... Shot Hellfire, yeah. Yeah, but I remember he looked a lot like Nomad, and I was like, Because if you remember, Nomad got all tough. He had a baby and a backpack and a shotgun. Yeah, he was shooting up all those uh, drug dealers, yeah. Uh, let's see, Morbius, uh, the Night Stalkers, and Darkhold. Pages from the Book of Sins. Which the, is in Doctor Strange, correct? Yeah, D- the Darkhold itself is now kind of a big deal because it crossed over a few things. Because in S.H.I.E.L.D., it was in... Agent Carter, and yeah, then it found its way into the uh, WandaVision and Doctor Strange movie. But uh, basically, the the crossover itself was uh, in which the demon demon queen Lilith is trying to get resurrected, and shit goes bad. So Ghost Rider needs to kind of assemble a bunch of people to uh, to help him take it out. And amongst this time, again, the Darkhold itself is kind of being let loose on the world, and it's creating monsters and, you know, vampires, because, you know, the Night Stalkers and Morbius. Yeah. So, it it's a decent enough crossover. It I think it's only six parts, so it's fairly self-contained. But uh, of this whole thing, it did start a one of the series that I really liked, which was Darkhold. Because it was the series was basically something that you would have gotten at this time with Vertigo. It's like kind of like a mix of like say Constantine, uh, Swamp Thing, and Sandman. Yeah. Well, it's it's when uh, Marvel started dipping into all the series that kind of faded away by the early '80s. You know, bringing back Ghost Rider, Deathlock, um, Morbius. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I feel like that was when they were like, let's go to the back catalog and revive and see what will stick. And hardly any of it really stuck. That's the sad part. Yeah, like in the case of this one, this series didn't last very long, which is kind of a shame. But it has popped up again and again every now and then. And honestly, they re- like just in the last couple of years, they had a series uh, that is effectively kind of a dark what if. You know, self-contained, where it's like, oh, here's a beginning and end, and here's like five issues in between that oh, are going okay. to featuring each each of the character that each character that has to do with it. But it's now okay. Well, what would a dark-holded version of Spider-Man be? What would Blade be like if he was under the influence of the of the Darkhold and stuff like that? So, kind of it, you know, interesting ideas where it's like, oh, okay, well. Iron, Darkhold Iron Man is basically a uh, Frankenstein's monster uh, in, you know, where the man has become the machine and is trying to replace the world by machi- you know, by re- putting everybody in these machines and shit. 
It's like, okay, that's an interesting idea. Okay, here's this and that. I would love to see someone do a series like that where it's just yeah hey, well I, you mean comic series or tv series oh comic series let's, oh let's, let's say because tv series let's... you know marvel's really starting to get to the bottom they really don't have much else they can do except for like the darker you know horror stuff and <laughs> for some reason submariner <laughs> they were too late on that one they took forever to get that going and now because aquaman basically stole its thunder so i don't know what they're gonna do yeah. Well, here let me uh, let me do some random ones before we get to the final event. Okay. Uh, Iron Man two eighty two had the debut of James Rhodes as War Machine. Whoa. Uh, you. Uh, <laughs> that, that did, now this one is more of because this had something to do with a uh, horny eleven year old uh, uh, developing. Uh, Fantastic Four three sixty nine is an Infinity War tie-in and it's the return of Dominatrix suit uh, Sue Richards. Oh! <laughs> okay. I, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm, I, I do have a picture of this. I'm going to send it to you. And tell me if what you think of this cover and my God, we're supposed to damn thing. It's, it's one of those things where you go like, good lord. Yeah, well, this is when horniness was really prevailing over comics. Because you remember when, uh, you know, we started getting, like, the X-Men swimsuit specials. Oh, the Marvel swimsuit specials, period. And all of a sudden, everybody's boobs got, like, six times bigger than they were before. And just trying to... Sh well, I think we're, like, just a year away from Lady Death, which is, like, the ultimate, you know, oh, wow, that's excessive. <laughs> yeah, that... Damn, hold on. It's okay. You continue while you're doing that. Yeah, anyway, that's... Yeah, it, it's not a great issue. It is an Infinity War tie-in. It basically just goes and uh, has her facing off against her malice persona in, in like the astral plane or whatever. And oh, yep, yeah, I remember this. Holy crap, that is some fucking. Yeah, that those little things were. You're you start kind of developing certain uh, appreciations for some sorts of aesthetics. Huh. But yeah, it... I just had to mention that just because Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> uh, you just keep going while I look at this. Uh, well, <laughs> no, we're good. I'm not, I'm not really the, that uh, stuff. <laughs> here's the uh, counter-programming to that. Captain America issues 402 to 407. Was that Cap it's, Wolf? That is fucking Cap Wolf. Cap Wolf, which just came back recently. Did you know that? When I Falcon, I just read it. And when Falcon uh, becomes Captain America, there's a whole issue, or no, there's a whole arc where he gets genetically altered back into Cap Wolf, and everybody makes fun of him the whole fucking time. And he's in complete control, basically, but he just is a wolf. So he's like eating breakfast, watching TV. He's like, one of these damn days, this thing's gonna wear off. <laughs> so stupid. well, it's like it's a storyline, and I did I did actually read this in preparation for it. It's as dumb as it sounds. But at least I'll give it credit. It does actually acknowledge that Wolf, Wolfsbane and Feral do actually exist outside of the X-Books. Now, uh, this was also the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man. And so aside from we actually got the debut of Carnage as the symbiote villain, uh, in there was a few of these issues of Spider-Man on all four of his titles had a holographic cover and they yep. were all neat looking and stuff. The fucking metal suit was coming, wasn't it? Eventually, yeah. Yeah, but, it's uh, Sins of the Past, I think, is the storyline. But we got uh, 
if it, Amazing Spider-Man 365 had the return of Peter Parker's long-thought dead parents. Yeah, I had tapped out right before this because I hated, I know this is sacrilege, I hate Mark Bagley's work. His art, to me, took over for so long in Marvel, and I just think it's ugly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. That's but, it. Uh, I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no worries. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically this was ultimately bullshit plot from the chameleon and Harry Osborn to fuck with Peter Parker. Yeah, figures. But, uh, and they're just robots and shit. But, uh, you know, it's like the idea that all of a sudden these dead characters popped up and were older, you know, just because they're like, well, shit. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Are we just a step away from the clone Gwens? We are very close to uh, Clone Saga. Yeah, this we, whole we thing, got... the whole thing just pissed me off. That's another reason why I just tapped out of Spider-Man. We got about another two years or so. Okay. Let's see. Uh, we got the final, okay, the final thing I think we'll do is Executioner's Song. And it's not Executioner. I mean, X hyphen yeah. <laughs> song. I think, is, is this one from Cameron Hodge? Became like some sort of weird cyborg freak show? No, no, no. What that is was, that? Uh, that was... Uh, was that Extinction shoot. Agenda? No. That, yeah, that was Extinction Agenda. That was that was some of the worst quality in art at that point that I was so disgusted. But I, I, I'm pretty sure I read Executioner's song. Is that Strife? That is the Cable and Strife one. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now... This was okay. This was supposed to be this the uh, crossover thing that was going to address who Cable was and what his relationship to Strife was. But instead, they didn't do that. That Professor X is almost uh, assassinated, and he's given a strain of the Technopanic virus. But oh shit, it was Cable who who shot him. And uh, Apocalypse's four horsemen attacked the X Men, and that and they end up getting uh, Gene and. Uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops are kidnapped and yes this is exactly what it was like reading the comic it was pretty exhausting this is the only Marvel title I held on to for a little bit longer Um, but I did feel like there was some exhaustion with the craziness and the massive amount of you know crossover mega events yeah it's like they were you know Cyclops and Jean Grey are given a Mr. Sinister who gives them to strife and it Basically, we're supposed to learn that Cable is Nathaniel Summers, the child of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, who was taken to the future and all that stuff. And then Strife was his clone. Or it might have been the other way around, but who the hell knows? All we know is we get some weird shit with Strife berating Scott and Gene for being shitty parents. <laughs> and he's like, and he force feeds them like baby food. It's. It, the only thing there's only a couple things that good come with it it has the the greatest cable line ever where he's getting ready to suit up and fight uh, fight strife and he says it's time to take him down once and for all man to man and quite literally face to face (laughs) and he's got the is Claremont still writing this bullshit no no okay he's gone alright unfortunately it's Fabian Nissi that's what I was wondering okay I was about to ask you that and I like Nicieza's writing, but Jesus Christ is fucking horrible in this one. Yeah. But uh, basically, he's he's got the most '90s thing where he's covered head to toe in guns and bullets and grenades. It's 
fucking horrible. <laughs> but okay, they first they do kill off C- uh, Cable and Strife in this, but of course it's comics they return. But when Cable comes back, this is actually where the Cable being an actual interesting character begins. Oh, okay. So, so Rob Liefeld's needed... taint is all over, or no longer all over it. So yeah, they they finally everything that they needed to do with Cable as being grumpy old man who shouts at clouds is over with this crossover. And then the other, the only other good thing that came of it is the seeds are planted for the legacy virus. Okay. It has no name yet. It's just like a container sitting on Mister Mister Sinister's desk at the moment. But it'll end up becoming this huge, uh, long-running allegory for the AIDS epidemic. And it also ends up, same thing, ending up with uh, giving some of the most heartbreaking moments in out of all the X-Men comics ever. That is? Oh, the death of uh, Ileana. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, it's, that is a sad comic. You just, you just get your heart ripped out, and then you're just staring at it, and then they go and step on it. And then really ruin the moment just an issue later with uh, Magneto blowing up their funeral, uh, blowing the funeral for the kid. Jeez. Which is weird because Magneto <laughs> took care of her. Yeah, well, but that's also because they made Magneto a mustache trolling villain again. Yeah, right. But that is about it for my Marvel side. Okay, well, that is it with this episode. John, where can we catch you? I'm on Twitter under musician m-y-u-z-i-s-h-i-o-n i am like a recovering addict a junkie of sorts with twitter so i may or may not be out on there i got mad again last night and i actually deactivated my account only to wake up this morning and reactivate it i'm seriously i need <laughs> my name is michael and i am a twitter alcoholic <laughs> Hi, Michael. I told somebody that they're probably st- buying stolen goods, and they're like, "What are you, a cop?" And then they all just started mocking me, and I was like, "Okay, well, whatever. I was just okay. You can steal all the shit, whatever. Buy stolen goods. I don't care. It's not my ass. Whatever. Bye." <laughs> uh, yeah. So hit rewind somewhere. Just go look for it. You'll find it. Uh, that is it. Have a good night. Later. <laughs>